0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. And let's go straight into our self-published books. I really think, looking at the uh, volumes, pardon the pun, of books uh, that are self-published, looking at the standard of the writing and the standard of the photography and the standard of the actual printing, I really believe there is an opening for some group or event management company to organise a self-publishing fair once a year where people can come along and sell their book and talk about books. Um, It is just an astonishing list and I have to beg your forgiveness. We will never, ever, ever get through all of them that have been sent in to us. But let's begin with Katie McGrath. Katie McGrath has written a book called Heads or Tails, self-published. Tell us about the book, Katie. Hi Joe, thanks for having me on your show. Um, My book is called Heads or Tails. Uh, There's a bit of a pun on that. Heads is obviously to do with, uh, it's a a brain injury. Mm. Tails is to do with the fact that this isn't a tale or fiction. This is a true story. Um, I'm also getting on the fact how quickly your life can change, like the flipping of a coin, how you'd say heads or tails. So that's where the name of the book came from. Uh, What age were you when this uh, brain tumour? Yeah, I was 36 years old. I was 36 years old. I'd never had any headaches or distorted vision. And uh, in 2015, uh, early 2015, I started getting excruciating headaches with distorted vision and a a tingling numbness in my foot, like pins and needles. Now, at first, the headaches were very infrequent, so I I didn't, I wasn't too concerned. Mm -hmm. But in the last week of May, I had new symptoms of feeling nauseous and faint. Okay, four surgeries, 28 sessions of radiotherapy, physiotherapy, hospital stays. As you say, it was terrifying and disconcerting. Why did you write a book? I wanted to write a book. Firstly, I I knew it would be therapeutic for me. Mm -hmm. I've always liked writing and I was journaling the whole time um, during the illness and after. So I had a lot of dates, I had a lot of accurate information. And I also wanted to help other people. There wasn't a book there for me at the time that I found mm-hmm. could help me. So I wanted to help other people and let them know that you're not alone, that you can survive any siege that you go through once you have a very st- strong support network, which I... And a, two, um, a 260 had. pages, there's some achievement, Katie. Uh, how, long did it, how long did it take you to write it and did you find that process difficult? Um, I was fortunate that I'd been journaling since about 20... 16 mm-hmm. and uh, my sister-in-law who lives in Nashville has her own uh, publishing company called Little Red Writing Next, ah, uh, Little Red Writing Publishing it's a small company but um, I was lucky to have a bit of she gave me a bit of guidance mm-hmm. now everything's in my own words I did everything myself, she did help me edit it as well and it was her um, company that published it for me in Nashville as well. Okay, so I love that. I'm just flicking up one of your pages yeah. here. It's, uh, okay, it's, it's the story is there and about Bowmount and everything else. But you say, ensure your mind stays healthy by journaling your thoughts or taking talking the issues out. Drawing and colouring uh, or painting can be therapeutic too. It's a private pastime, well worth the effort. Keep a spare housekeeping into the inside of your handbag um, uh, or coat or whatever, a jacket. Clean the inside of, of your microwave. Something I have ever heard. Again, this, this is the mix and the this fantastic book consume a savoury snack if you've just ingested chocolate and want to halt the sweet cravings but it's a very yeah. it's a very moving book it's a fantastic Thank you. it's a fantastic achievement did you find it that, were you writing in the morning or the evening or 
did you have to force yourself to sit down in front of the blank not page? Not at all. I, no, I, okay. I actually loved it. I oh, really great, enjoyed it. Great. It was very therapeutic. It was actually rehabilitative as well. Okay. It was it's like called, brain training. It's called heads. Um, it's called heads or tails. Where can people get the book? Yeah, it's available online on Amazon in paperback oh, okay. and Kindle version. Brilliant. It's on Waterstones online, and you can also order through ma- most major bookstores. Okay. There's a distributor there for heads, it. Heads or Tales, T A L E S by Katie B. McGrath. How are you now, Katie? Um, I'm doing well, thankfully. Um, I still go for yearly MRIs, but uh, they were able to. Uh, to, to catch um, all of the tumour, there's a tiny bit there, but over time I've been informed that that, uh, that will eventually dissolve. Um, and there is a very happy ending to my story. Mm-hmm. With the help of fabulous fertility treatment, I was able to have a baby, a baby boy called Jack. And you know what's wonderful, apart from the, that birth, is in years to come, Jack will be able to read this book. A book lasts, yeah. a book stays on its shelf. It doesn't disappear into the digital world. It is a physical uh, copy and it's a fantastic thing for him to read in due course. Well done, Katie B. Katie B. McGrath. Um, Edel Tobin, Edel, good afternoon. You're on WhatsApp. This book, Hi, Joe. Uh, yeah, this book is a long time coming, I think. It's called Not Just a Brick in the Wall, The Renaissance of a City. What's it about? It's all about my journey with uh, founding and creating Washford Walls. And Washford Walls was a street art uh, project, uh, which basically where I was able to get uh, Unite um, the council, Washford Council, and the local community in Washford to come on board with the idea of inviting artists in to transform Washford City and take over derelict and vacant buildings and transform them with art. With beautiful art. It's beautiful. Beautiful art. And yeah. what, what reaction did you get initially, Adele? Was it this is graffiti or we're not going to go? Oh, very much. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. Uh, well, n- not the reaction when the art went up, but before the art before the art went up, and when I went to people with the concept of Washford Walls, uh, street art was very much seen as graffiti and vandalism. And well, these are uh, these are beautiful. Anyone who's I suspect a lot of yeah. people so far I've seen uh, photographs and news. They are absolutely beautiful. Is is Watford the only city in the world that has embraced the this wonderful form of uh, uh, art on buildings? No, no. There's been many, many. Okay. There's many cities, but Watford put Ireland on the map yeah. in terms of the capital of street art. Before Watford walls, uh, there was no street art. Uh, uh, there was maybe a couple of like small little groups, like in different parts of the country, but it was very much underground. Whereas with Watford Walls, it just literally took over a city and showed what you can do when you invite artists in and transform a city. Well, it's a beautiful production and congratulations to you and congratulations to the to the art. I'm looking at that piece uh, by Monkey Board Crew. It's, yes, uh, that's it's, incredible. The detail is just astonishing. Absolutely yes. astonishing. And everything, all the, all the pain. Should be, well, you don't need an excuse to visit Waterford, but it is a reason to go. And Waterford, as we now know, next year has been designated the city of Christmas in Europe, that's believe it or not. Believe it or not. Well done, Leo. Right. Well done, Edel. Where can people get the book? Uh, people can get the book in Dupre bookstores in Washford and the book centre in Washford. And then online outside of Washford, they can get it on uh, www.streetartinc.ie forward slash okay. shop. 
Okay, well, streetart.ie should get you in the direction of it. Well done, that is Edel Tobin. And the name of that book is Not Just a Brick in the Wall. Another self-published book is by John O'Brien, former uh, Chief Garda Superintendent. You would have heard him on various uh, programmes. And he's written, again, this is a serious tome that I think will be useful, not just for people who are interested in in the world we live in and our recent history. It's called The Troubles Come South, Murder and Mayhem by John O'Brien. And um, it is all of 500 pages, I think. And, it, and OK, it's a, there's a lot of it about strategy and policing, but uh, the bits I've read already, it's absolutely fascinating. It's called The Troubles Come South. Here's the details if you're... If it's Just go to jaobrien.ie, one word, jaobrien.ie, and that's called The Troubles Come South. Anyone interested in our recent history, anyone interested in policing will find that useful. Naomi Lee, Naomi Lee, it's called Have a Look at Leitrim. Are you there for me, Naomi? Hi, hi, Joe, how are you? It's called, well, get, tell me about the photograph on the, the front cover. The front cover is Fowley's Falls, it's in Ross Inver. I know, in that, one, of, one of the greatest secrets in the country. Absolutely, Absolutely. Spent, hidden gem. I spent a day there in August with with a gang of friends. Absolutely stunning, Fowling Falls. Okay, it, is. it this tell this is tell us about the book. So it was basically just to showcase what we have to offer in Leitrim. Apart from the beautiful landscape, there was lots of people featured in the book. There's forty five different people. And, you know, it was just to show a county with the smallest population yeah. achieving so much in a national and international stage. Um, so it was to feature lots of those people. And then different award-winning businesses like um, the Shed Distillery, producers of the gunpowder yeah. gin. And, you know, people that's really putting Leitrim on the map and businesses. And then it's just a mixed bag of nice photos showing what there is to see and do and different events that take place throughout the year. And why, why did you do it? Um, well, mainly just to show, I mean, a lot of people going to Leitrim, it's either associated with hen parties or stag parties, and they okay. don't really see the beauty of the county. So it was really to show the, the beautiful landscape, first and foremost. And then it was just, I suppose, all the different success stories that people mm-hmm. didn't really know about, including people in Leitrim, you know. Yeah, I, I was see. learning a lot as I was researching. And so, so. am I. There's Le- Leone Cornelius, award-winning garden designer. Beautiful photography, That's by the right. way. Crime journalist yeah. Paul Williams. There he is. He's from Ballinamore. And the world handball champion and Leitrim captain Donald Wrynn. But every one That's of right. those photographed locally. And you have the beautiful panoramic photographs of Leitrim, but you also have um, there's champagne and seaweed baths at Drum... Drum Hearney, is it yeah, Hideaway, Leitrim Village? Yeah. I'm, on, I'm on my way. Olympic Boxer <laughs> Dink, that's a beautiful production. Where can people get it? So my website is naomileephotography.com well so they done. can buy online. But there's lots of different shops in Leitrim. Mulvey's Gift Store in Carrick and okay. Shannon. It's in from Shambo, Balnamore, you know, Super Value. So it's lots of local shops in Leitrim as well. And, and how, much, how much does it retail for? Because it is it's a beautiful... 30, yeah, 30 euro. It's uh, quite a heavy book. It's, it's 300, or 200 um, images, so 204 pages. And it's a big coffee and table format. Beautiful is, photography. Yeah. Lovely, lovely publishing. Lovely paper, of course, given the glossy yeah. paper for the photographs. Astonishing photography. How long did it take you to put Thanks. it together, Naomi? Um, I did it over the course of a year, so I wanted to showcase like well lots done. of different um, seasons as well. You know, get it all well, in there. It. So it you've took about it. twelve months. Well, I hope. First of all, I hope every uh, the county council puts it in every library. I hope the Department of Education so. puts puts it in every school. It's called Have a Look at Leitrim.
Leitrim. A collection of photographs showing why Leitrim really is lovely by Naomi Lee and available in shops in Leitrim. Or Naomi, give me the, the email again. Naomi, are they uh, web- uh, Naomi, yeah, Naomi Lee Photography. So N-A-O-M-I Lee Photography.com. Okay, well done. Well done. Let me give Brilliant. you... Thanks uh, so much. Thanks Dan. indeed, Naomi. Let me give you a novel this time. There's loads of novels, but obviously, given the stories, you, you, we, we end up focusing on true stories, but that does not mean there's some fantastic novels. There are two of them in my hand at the minute. One of them is called Landfall, a novel by you, Fitzgerald, right? Now, I say to you, honestly, every single one of the books that have come into us over the last three months would fit easily and would not stand out or be different to the the, the beautiful bookshelves in your favourite uh, bookstore or indeed favourite uh, library. This is, uh, again, another one that would sit there. You have no... Self-publishing now is highly professional in the digital world. Hugh Fitzgerald Ryan, it's called The Eagles Took to the Atlantic. This is a subhead. While the vultures fell upon Ireland. It's not a recent past, by the way, even though the vultures have fallen upon Ireland. It's a novel of Elizabethan adventurers who searched for the Northwest Passage, raided the Spanish tre- treasure ships and dismembered Ireland in the 16th... You thought I was going to say the 21st century... In the 16th century. And the contact there is Euphus Gerald Ryan, unusual name, that helps. His website is euphusgeraldryan.com and that's called uh, Landfall. Where's the one? This is another beautiful, another novel by Joanne Elliott. It's called Love in the Shadow of Mao. And obviously the Mao is uh, the, the Chinese uh, I was going to say emperor, but uh, dictator, essentially. Uh, China, the epic long march and Mao's revolution. Anyone, has so many people are interested in this period because it is so fascinating from the famine, 50 million dead, to the cultural revolution, to Tiananmen Square, subsequently to the China we know today. But this is a novel and it's uh, Julia Harris, rich, beautiful and privileged, wife of a US congressman. What is she doing in Mao's China? Is she to be rescued or investigated? And uh, if you go on to Austin McCauley, one word, austinmccauley.com, uh, uh, you should be able to get that book. It's, uh, again, great Christmas read and, uh, again, sit easily on any, in any bookstore. It's a novel by Joanne Elliott and it's Love in the Shadow of Mao. Breege O'Brien, Breege, good afternoon. Hello there, Joe. How are you? Who, who have you written about? I've written about Skaldamish in Polarani at in Ackill, in County Mayo. I've written a book called A Record of Service, Skulldownish, 1948 to 2011. It's uh, an account of the operation of the school during its period of of existence. Oh, wow. And why? Why did you write it? Again, beautifully produced, loads of photographs, loads of different artefacts, certificates, beauty. But why did you put it together? Well, the school operated from 1948 to 2011. It has quite an interesting history, you would say. Um, It closed in 2011 with the amalgamation of local schools. I was a member of staff, of the staff there for 29 years. And when the school closed, there was a recommendation that the closing schools compile a record of the service of the school. So it's just something that I felt merited um, being done. I just took it on. I had some writing and publishing experience okay. so, myself. So long, so. because you go through all the different years. How long did it take you to put it together, Breach? Well, it began in 2010 when there was an invitation put out uh, in public for people to submit items or okay, yeah. 
photos. And there were, I had a couple of runs at it really over a period of 10 years. And it was then during the COVID period, I was tidying up as we did then. And I came upon the material that had been submitted. And so really, in effect, it, it just took me from about the summer of 2020, two years, you could say, or three years maybe well, to well put done. it all together in the end. Well, yeah. it's a great, it's, and it's a really important record. It's called a record of scare of, of service school Davenet 1948 to 2011. Now it's uh, available on. Where is it available? If people email you, yes, people could email me. It's obviously available locally in the yes. Arkell West Mayo yeah, area. Course, yeah. It's available through um, mailbooks.ie. That people can oh, order great. online. Great. You could contact me as well. I can give you an email address. Yeah, it's a bit do. awkward, but it's raraja@gmail.com. So it's r a h a r d a g h at gmail.com. That's, that's simple, okay, and it's a great county yeah. mail. Mulrani, I'm thinking, Ackle Sound, um, yes, all, all around that area will be and and beyond. Ballycroy, they'll be interested in it. But it's a great achievement and well done, well done, Breeds. Uh, Joe at rt.ie five one double five one's the text number. Back after this. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Children's book, all, all books, always uh, a hit. And um, there's a series of at least four of them, and they're put together by Anne Linehan. And tell us about the Sam and Sue series. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Yeah, I'm actually looking at six of them here in front oh, of me. Well so done. you're, well you're done. a little bit behind the game there. Okay, as always, as always. Uh, not as all, not as all. Um, well, Sam and Sue, they came about um, because a gentleman called Marek Zapatowski owns a health and safety publication company and he had, well, he still has three little girls and was very interested in producing safety books for children. Okay. Um, so he had contacted me and when we got our heads together, we developed Sam and Sue and out of that came the Sam and Sue adventures they get themselves into all sorts of trouble but they get themselves out of all sorts of trouble as well <laughs> it's a, so. beautifully produced and there's one of the, the ones I have are construction site safety cyber safety brilliant flu and other germs and Sam and Sue called 112 or, ah, nine, super. or 999 yes, okay, and the, yeah. t- tell us about the illustrator the illustrator is a lady called um, Camilla Starkowitz, and she is a Polish illustrator. She would have yeah. been a contact of, of Marek's. And really, when, when I developed the text in my head, I would just describe to mm-hmm. Camilla how I see it. And honestly, she just comes out with something even better. Her, mm-hmm. The illustrations bring the whole thing to life. because are absolutely like, uh, beautiful. They're incredible. Like a, a safety message can be very boring. So when you're dealing with children, it has to be engaging. It has to be a little yeah. adventure. It has to be something that will stay with them and that they want to learn about. And so I, I think just, the illustrations are, are great there. And for the that. illustrations, if if um, Ireland's greatest uh, illustrator for books is uh, PJ Lynch, well, he has a competitor because um, <laughs> they are. Abs- I don't know whether is it was your il- illustrator uh, um, Camila. Was she is she based here in Ireland? She's not based here in Ireland, okay. but um, we would we would link with her oh, over literally every single line of text. Yeah, yeah. well, that's the, um, they're they're up there with the quality of PJ Lynch. And where can you. where thank can you. people get them? Um, they're um, literally www.samandsue.com. And oh, they're available in local, yeah. Um, they're oh, well, available well. in Phillips Bookshop in Mallow, Wordsworth okay. and Mill Street. Yeah. So. And while I have what I'm talking about children's books, uh, let let's. Um, 
let's mention Before You Sleep uh, by best-selling author Benji Bennett. It's a beautiful book and it's a produced, um, I just read the letter uh, that accompanies it, please enclose a hardback copy of uh, Before You Sleep that I published myself in memory of my son Adam. And um, it's called uh, the, the, you can get the, the, the contact details again, beautifully produced on adamscloud.com uh, adamscloud.com and it is, it is so moving, it is so beautifully produced and so beautifully illustrated that um, and obviously, it's for a certain time. The illustrations, by the way, really important. Roxanne Burkatz, Burchartz. Roxanne Burchartz. And uh, it begins to Adam, our sweetheart, with love, hugs and kisses from mum, dad, Harry, Robbie and Molly. And it begins, Adam is an angel and he lives in the crowd and then in the cloud. And then it goes in through, there's loads of different stories in it, like what happens on Christmas Eve and uh, the reindeer. And then when you go to a fun park and again, the illustrations, illustrations are absolutely beautiful. So that's called Before You Sleep by Benji Bennett in memory of uh, Adam and uh, illustrations by Roxanne Burcharts and you can get it at adamscloud, one word, uh, dot com. Um, uh, Christine Ryan. Christine, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. What's your book called? Our book is called Saltwater Souls. Okay, and it's about sea swimming. It is. Yeah, and it's beautifully put together. Tell us, uh, where did, where did, because we're talking about the books, not necessarily your life, but tell us how, why you decided to put put together a self-published book, and it's a big one too, it's what, 205 pages. Why did you decide to put it into a book? Um, Well, actually, it was Linda Donoghue, the lady that founded this group, which was back in 2020, once COVID restrictions lifted. Um, And last year, she just said it would be really uh, nice if we could self-publish a book on anecdotes, Mm -hmm. stories, poems and outings and fundraisers, which we as a group of 200 people have done in our local community. We also asked uh, the community for contributions as well, because obviously there's people who've had family previously swam and now deceased, but they've connected with the sea. Um, And lots of people had different stories to tell. I see that. I see that. And we wanted to put it out there. It's, you know, it's just personal stories for everyone to see. And it's there... And now it's down, gone down in paper, <laughs> in a book and, form. And little essays are called My Grief and it's, for example, My Grief in the Sea, Midlife yeah. Magic, A Full Moon, William Trevor uh, gets a mention, of course he would, in that part of the world, Reasons for Swimming, and then, again, beautifully, the sea is a great leveller. And um, where can people get... The, but who did the cover illustration? The cover is, is by it? a local artist here, Andrea Kasher. She well, gave us um, the go-ahead to use it on the back and the front. They're both beautiful. her prints that she does. Yeah, she's a very, very talented artist. Mm. Um, you can purchase them here in Yole, and you can buy them on through us online. We can sell them through you because we have a system okay, where give, we give, can give, accept give, cards. Give us, the on, give us the online address then. It would be yours, Sea Swimmers, 2020 at Gmail. If you okay. contact us that way, Brilliant. we send a link on the, and y'all, they can buy them. Y'all, Sea Swimmers, uh, 2020 at gmail.com. Yes. Okay, and uh, yes. the, one of the most uh, memorable books I read this year was Limitless by uh, Nuala Moore. I don't know where you came across. She's a sea swimmer, but um, it's an incredible book. It's, it's from, they say, from Dingle to Cape. 
horn finding my my true my true north in the earth's fastest oceans it is absolutely pardoned upon breathtaking but that's that was that's available in the shop saltwater sold is available online well done well done christine and were you out swimming today yes i was ah and yes, are you on christmas day yeah, I won't be here, unfortunately, this year. Yeah. I'm travelling for Christmas, but we do a Christmas Day. We do our own. There is a swim for charity, Great. and we do our own swim as well. And when we join the charity swim later on, we have, okay. um, as I say, over 200 of us there. And it's just we connect every every day when possible, weather and tide permitting. Well done. Well done. Well done, Christine. Um, again, a, be- a lovely, lovely achievement. A personal story. Saltwater Souls. Great name. Saltwater Souls. Personal stories from Yall's community of sea swimmers. One of the biggest phenomena in Ireland in the last few years has been um, the sea swimming community. And they've all, including the, the group on the Bull Wall, they produce lovely, lovely, lovely books. Did, do you know, anyone in the GAA world does, do you know Brother Damien? Brennan. He's a silent man behind the Kilkenny success story, the Kilkenny hurling success story, because, as you know, and if you don't know, every Kilkenny man in the world will tell you within three minutes, between 2000 and 2015, wait for this, Kilkenny won 11 All-Ireland Senior Hurling titles. Unprecedented success for any any GA side. And you know names, but the name you might not know is Brother Damien Brennan, a Christian brother from Leash who landed in, in Kilkenny to work in the school in Callan in the 1990s. And uh, Mark Townsend has, and Jackie, our own Jackie Tyrrell, there's, there's, a, there's a, a lovely forward there, and it's called The Silent Man Behind Kilkenny's Success Story. And the only question I asked when I was going through it earlier is, why hasn't this been... Um, why hasn't this been published, been written before? And again, it is, it is um, a, a biography. And uh, the, the, it's, it's printed and bound by modern printers in Kilkenny. If you give them a ring, they'll tell you where to get it. But I'm sure it's widely available in Kilkenny. And indeed, it's, I'd say it uh, would be popular beyond Kilkenny. That's the great brother Damien Brennan. At last, a biography for that very, very modest man. Michael Fortune. Michael, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. You're still at it. Fair play to you. Fair play to <laughs> I you. I am. <laughs> How long are you doing it now? Well, I've been collecting folklore, I suppose, on camera and listening to people and recording yeah. stories for over 20 years, Joe. And I, I kind of, I saw the value of books. I begin to see the value of books as I get older. And I said, yeah. I'd better get some of that stuff off hard drives and out of my head and get it down on paper. And again, a lovely, it's called The Folklore of Wexford, Volume 1. There's a threat now, if I've ever heard one, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Living folklore, tradition, stories and calendar customs, observations, accounts, images and films. And I want you to explain this because I think it's a brilliant idea. Okay, observation, accounts, images and films by Michael Fortune. But how can a book turn into moving pictures? It's an interesting one. It's almost, it's funny, uh, someone like ourselves, we'd, we'd, I'd pick up a tool, you'd use it in about five different ways. Yeah. And I, I used, uh, I'd been recording interviews with people, you know, you know mm-hmm. in daycare centres and nursing homes and that kind of stuff. So you'd have the content there. But I kind of started looking at QR codes, Joe, and I said, God, they're a handy yoke. And I'd, yeah. I'd seen them years ago and I couldn't figure out how they could be used. But now everyone's got smartphones. So what you do in the book is when you go through the pages and I'm talking about something, so the text is all there for you. But say if you want to hear a man called Mick Higgins up in North Wexford talking more mm-hmm. about the story, you take your mobile phone out, hover Brilliant. it over it, Brilliant. and bring it to a YouTube video, and then you can hear Mick talking for another 40 minutes. 
So it's a it's a, it's a great simple way. It's probably the only one I've seen in a history book. And uh, well and again, done, well and done. Like, yeah. And the, I think it's a fantastic idea. For example, if you open page seventy-seven, the May Bush planting scheme, and it's young white horns being distributed uh, uh, to be to be planted, obviously. But then in the corner, the bottom corner, there's a QR code, and you can go you can go onto the Wexford May Bush uh, Festival Facebook page. Just brilliant. And yep. it's it's a where did you get the idea the QR codes? I do I do another project, Joe, called the okay. Irish Dresser and Folklore Calendar. And okay. I kinda use it in that in September and I said, This is great and the feedback I got from people was great. And literally I said, Right, I sat down, this is all self produced, like all the rest of your your your, your contributors there. Self produced using an app called Canva, if I can mention it, it's a great yeah, app on, on the well computer. Done. So that, yeah, it allows people to, to, to self produce, so it's fantastic. So and again it's really easy to generate them. But I'll see I, I guarantee you we'll see more and more of them in years to, in years to come. And they're really handy for this, you know, come here, they'll have they'll have the shelf lights. They might only last for 10 or 20 years, but for the next couple of years, people scanning those yeah, going through well them, done, you know, well they, they had an extra uh, dimension. Next Monday week, New Year's Day, is Hansel Monday. <laughs> and but it's, A lot of people in Ireland don't know what Hansel Monday is, but you have a chapter on it. What is it? Hansel Monday, it's lovely. You'll find it right in the middle of Dublin City. You'll find it in right. Cork. You'll find it in parts of Wexford. You'll find it in Scotland. Basically, on the first Monday of the New Year, it's always good luck to give a child money on that, that morning. Between that morning and 12 o'clock, you'd always give a child money. A woman from, from Dublin, from Clondalkin, told me last year that she always gives a child money and bread. She said, the children think she's, she's half cracked, but that's what she does. So it's lovely. And you can actually take out the QR code thing and scan it and hear the woman talking. But it's oh, a lovely tradition. Well, well first done, Monday, Michael. First Monday of the New Year. Yeah. But then the other thing, Hansel Monday, the first Monday of the New Year, which will be New Year's Day this year, um, let them go to hell or high water, but you don't pay out. You don't pay out on Hansel Monday. That's a lovely. Come here. I, I, when, when I hear your Dublin accent saying that, I hear the woman in South Tipperary telling oh. me that. It was a lovely woman I recorded right, here. Yeah. And she said to me in that lovely accent, let them go to hell or high water. Don't pay out on Hansel Monday, she says. There, there's loads um, of so other lovely. traditions. It's a, it's, a great, it's a great county for history. Obviously, the rebellions and the rebels and Vinegar Hill and uh, all the various uh, uprisings that were led by the boys of Wexford, but also loads of uh, holy wells and, and uh, loads of traditions and folklore kept alive. Well done. Where can people get the book? Joe, you can get copies at folklore.ie, but I've only literally I've only got a handful because we had to do two reprints and we're wow. down to it the last couple of hundred. Yeah, honest to God, we couldn't believe it. There was a huge interest yeah. locally and out, outside of Wexford. Now, if you go to the website, Easton's and Wexford are stocking it, and then you'll go oh, well find done. small sellers in, in yeah. Wexford, Kenny's in Galway, or, you know, Vinnie's in Galway as well, Charlie Burns in Galway, places like that. You get, but don't leave it because there are only handfuls of copies left. That's all. Okay, okay. Well done. That's Michael Fortune. And uh, people people often say to me, I'm going to self-publish a book and I'm going to put it into Eason's. Like Eason's have a whole system which is geared, obviously, towards uh, books that are, are uh, widely available and uh, established through publishers or whatever. And then people send in book to, books to us during the year and say, can you mention that? But they say to us, it's only available in one shop. And then and though yeah. we were to mention it, and we could every single day, you get into trouble because people say, hang on, there's only one shop and it's in Dublin. What about the rest of the country? But this is our, these are the days for as many self-published books as possible on Liveline. The Folklore of Wexford by the legendary, the legendary Michael Fortune. Keep going, Michael, will you? 
Keep going. Thanks a million, Joe. Keep going. Thanks a million for having me on. I really ah, appreciate it. Ah, you're brilliant. We, you. we, and congratulations. And congratulations to every author here in these publications. Look at this one if you could see if you could see it. It's called We Are May- Mayo. There's the Mayo jersey. Tom Brett and Sean Rice. And I, I can't, I can maybe give you a sense of the size of the book and the tome that's in it. And it's about the stories and people and about the newspapers in Mayo, Mayo News about Ashford Castle, it's about Princess Grace uh, coming to um, coming to Mayo her, her place where her father was born, about various Olympians like Martin Sheridan and various uh, uh, historical characters like Doctor, the great Dr. Kathleen Lynn and again, beautifully produced um, it would sit uh, on any coffee table or in any library um, and it's written by um, Tom Brett and Sean Royce, congratulations, lads. It's absolutely uh, fantastic. There's online sales. Okay, this is the second time it's come up, and that's why I want to mention it again. It's online sales via Mayo Books, easy to remember, and that's in, that's in Castlebar, or else through buythebook.ie, B-U-Y, buythebook.ie. Uh, but... Um, the, the the funny thing is that one of the writers, Tom Brett, lives in Western Australia and also he lives in Charlestown near Knock. There's still not direct flights from uh, Sydney to Knock, but it's only a matter of time. And again, loads of archival pieces, loads of old photographs and uh, beautiful, beautiful uh, production. So that's by Tom Brett and his co-author, Sean Rice. It's called um, We Are Mayo and it's available through By The Book. Uh, dot ie and it sells and again these are all these are all uh, bargains I think 25 quid and do not tell me that book did not cost more than 25 quid to produce because it definitely did okay back after this break talk to Joe on 0818 715 815 talk to Joe on 0818 715 there can never be too many books in the world. We're, told we're doing self-published books today and tomorrow. We'll do as many as possible. Look at this one here, he says on the radio. A Life of Taking Chances, the story of John Dunn. A lot of people know John from his, his Clare GAA days. And then he's a champion cyclist, an endurance cyclist. He's done many, many, many uh, cycles for charity. And this is uh, compiled. It's called the uh, Autobiography of John Dunn. Basically, by it was my father. This is transcribed by Emer Dawn with contributions, which is a great idea um, from friends throughout the years. Does incredible charity charity work, and again, this is a big, big production, and it has details like when he was doing his charity cycles, not just photographs and people writing about them, um, but he gives you the day to day itinerary. And you get a great sense of just one man's life, but also you get a sense of the community that he was such a such a part of, full of lovely, lovely photographs. And uh, if you email uh, the daughter, Emer, at dun.emer, dun.emer, d-u-n-n.emer, at gmail.com, she will tell you where you can get this uh, magnificent, magnificent book. And also, if you Google Orla Kelly Publishing, and Orla does a lot of self-published books, Orla Kelly Publishing, you will um, you will come across that as well. And the other one, similar size, actually, is by Anne-Marie Gaynor, and it's called The, uh, the, <laughs> the Irish Budgeting Mammy. 
my journey to becoming the Irish budgeting mammy is called the Budget Book 2024. Now, I know John Lowe's book is kind of the Bible for many years, but this is a practical uh, piece written by written by someone and compiled because there's many pages where you have to fill in what your 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 shopping list, what your uh, expenses are, to keep control of the piggy bank or whatever, uh, sinking fund. Um, but it doesn't. I remember when we ran the Gateborn show. We did. Um, we did running away money, believe it or not. A lot of women back in the day had running away money, money hidden in case they wanted to give themselves a break or whatever. But this is by Anne-Marie Gaynor. It's if you go on to the Irish Budgeting Mammy.com, okay, you will get it. Or if you go on to Anne M Gaynor at gmail.com, uh the 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 that this will lead you to the book. And again, it's a book you can leave around the kitchen and especially if you're into doing, um, taking notes and getting hints and tips, this is the book for you. Tim Conway, how are you again, Tim? I'm good, I'm good, good. Joe. This and it's great to hear from you. It's a great program. Okay, how, uh, tell us, you've written a book about your mother. And it's, mother called, yeah. and it's called Mam. Tell us about her. Well, it's a whole life story from, she was born in 1960 in West Clare. Um, she was um, her own mother who went to um, college with Van de Valera, was her teacher. Okay. But unfortunately, she was dyslexic. So that stood ah. against her because she wasn't, um, she wasn't proficient in languages and all that. But, but she made up for it by, doing, um, by being practical in all senses. And you, why did you decide to write the book, Tim? Well, it's, it's about her life story, so, and it's a fascinating life. And the more I got into it, the more I wanted to write it. So it just yeah. uh, flowed, and, um, and did her you, history was and did phenomenal. You, did you discover much, Tim? I did. I discovered inside um, all of her prayers. She was, she was very different. She, had, she ended up, she, was a, 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 she went to a nursing order. So mm-hmm. she was within yeah. about six months of becoming a nun. Wow. But she was called in by the Reverend Mother and told to leave. Okay. She was just like 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 Maria in The Sound of Music, you know. She had that great spirit and fantastic um, person, work, workload. She'd be up at 6 o'clock in the morning and delivering wow. her milk. She went to the market then and she had a tomato round. She sold um, second-hand clothes and uh, she's everything. Anything there was a shilling in, she always she did. And looked after us. There were five of us, and my father died, and she was left with nothing. Yeah. But she started yes. off, and she was determined that she would have her children educated and togetherness, and she did that. Fantastic. And aren't we glad that the Reverend Mother asked her to leave? Aren't yeah, we? I would be here. I would be here. <laughs> exactly. I would be here and then she met Christy. But she had that. That yeah, she she met she um, there was an arranged marriage when she left the convent. Okay. My my grandmother arranged the marriage for her. Wow. And the the man that was said uh, to be to be married to her uh, turned up, but she went down to the Haggard. Or my uncle told her to leave, and he went down to the Haggard. My grandmother kept calling him, but she wouldn't come. Wow. So when your man got fed up, I think he waited for about three hours. He was a very wealthy man because it was a huge dowry for her. A thousand, and, pa- a um, thousand pounds. A thousand, a thousand pounds. pounds. And, when, when, and when she, um, your man came down the, the avenue and my mother jumped out of the ditch, caught a hold of the horse, turned him over and told your man that she'd marry in, for love and she wasn't going to be forced into a marriage. Yeah, so good woman. She then met Christy Conway then in Quilty. Mm-hmm. 
and my cousin who ran a pub there just called her over one day and said there was only one one uh, car in the in Quilty and um, he said I come come here I want you so he turned to my father who was a commercial traveller he said this is Mary McNamara she'll be your wife and turning to my mother okay. she said she said this is Christy Conway he'll make your he'll be your husband. Oh, but because happened, he was yeah. a commercial, tra- because he was a commercial traveler, she wouldn't, she wasn't accepted. Okay. So she came to Nace without her dowry, and that became a huge, um, you know, a terrible thing, stigma in the the family of the Conways that she had no dowry. Yeah, but she got Christy. But she, she, she got Christy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and, she and, get, and uh, she got a statue of Saint Joseph and Child, isn't that correct? Yeah, and what actually happened is that things as she thought were were quieting down. So she wrote again. She was always under pressure in Main Street, Nils, for her dowry. But she was under so much pressure. She wrote again to her mother, and her mother sent her a statue of our, uh, of Saint Joseph and the little child. <laughs> and yes. on the bottom of it, Mary, you made your bed. Go and lie in it. Oh, so she got the statue and threw it against the wall, broke the, the head, the head off, off of St. Joseph that. and disfigured uh, St. Joseph, or disfigured Jesus, but she, she relented and put it together, but she never got her dowry. A remarkable woman, and again, uh, like so many Irish mothers, widowed, and then had to fend with, a, with a, a, a young, growing family and did extraordinarily well. It's called Man by Timmy Conway. Everyone knows Timmy through the Labour Party and the Progressive Democrats over the years, and it's great, you, your great public service. Uh, uh, Tim, where can people get the, get the book? So it, it's available in Barker and Jones, and it was printed by Nace Printing, and okay. Mark and Philip, Mark and Philip were the were the uh, drivers in it, and it's timmyconway.com. Right, great, well done. Again, keep keep writing, Timmy, won't you? Keep writing. Thank you, Joe. Of course, great, right. I great. Will. Great. It's good to talk to you, Joe. Likewise, a great name down around Nace, always was, the Conway family. Uh, the self-published book by Michelle Duggan, and it's called Serving Up Memories, and that's um, that's the, the, the clue. Um, and it's Baking with Marie, and um, it's basically put together, and it's a, cook, it's a cookbook put together by Marie Duggan and um, it's because of the cookbook it's beautifully bound you see you can put it it's it's spiral bound so you can open it on your kitchen uh, table and it's Marie's uh, chocolate eclairs Marie's chocolate buns Marie's Christmas cake still time still time still time you just run into a shop now your local grocers at afternoon and say to the man I won't be behind you well, give it a quick give us the makings of a Christmas cake I'm a bit behind and uh, but this is a lovely uh, lovely uh, Produce book and it's an aid of uh, Meals on Wheels and the National Meals uh, on Wheels uh, network. It's available um, in uh, book club buddies. There's loads of loads of places in and around County Wicklow where you can where you can get it or look up the National Meals on Wheels uh, network for uh, serving up memories. Baking with Marie by Marie uh, Duggan and again it's a it's a cookbook. Okay, random rhymes and reasons. A lyrical look. At Life and Love, what surprises we have here today by uh, Peter Bourne. Peter Bourne is a well-known writer and raconteur and he's put together a a series of uh, poetry and uh, there's little he tells the story when he was on uh, Liveline uh, over the years and... um, 
he wants to be a radio star. We still, he's still going to be one. And it's um, it's called Random Rhymes and Reasons. And again, if you go with people, people would take down this uh, this uh, email or this website because it seems to be very helpful for our um, books. Buy the book, B-U-I, buy the book dot I-E or Peter's uh, email address is peterfborn1, numeral 1, at iCloud.com. Look at the colours, look at the uh, detail in it. And um, it's, Peter, you have many more years in you, but I tell you, this book itself will, will ensure uh, that you're remembered uh, for many generations to come. Again, again another, another achievement. Um, Mary O'Neill, Mary, good afternoon. Hello, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. Talk away there. I'm getting hoarse at this stage. I'm trying to get everyone in. Tell us, uh, okay. your book is called? It's called um, Irish Lace and Lace Makers. But I have to say to you, Joe, two years ago you mentioned my other book, Carried Them Across Lace to Lace. Oh, I remember it well, yeah. And I suppose following on from that, um, there was such, such a good reaction that, um, you know, I just wanted, it's basically mm-hmm. an introduction to lace for people that really don't know an awful lot about lace, yeah. because sometimes people think that Irish lace is one thing. Mm-hmm. And they, they might know about the famous Irish lace, like Carrie McCross, Clonus, Irish Crochet Lace, Ken Mayer, Limerick, and Yall. They would be the famous ones. Um, but then you'd have Bobbin, Mount Melick, and Tatting. Yeah. And then you'd have the new, newly revived Boris, Clanry, and Hedford and the almost forgotten Inish MacSaint and New Ross. All, and so all like, different styles. Ken Mare lace, Limerick lace, Irish right, yeah, cro- uh, crochet lace. lace uh, yes. So, yes. Uh, and, and I didn't know there were so many different varieties, but and are they, who, keeps, who keeps the traditions going? How um, but there's lots of groups out there at the moment, and I suppose over the past few years, especially during COVID, little groups kind yeah, of... Um, yeah you know, revived some of these lace-making techniques. You know, I'm actually, because Carlo, um, because I live in Carlo, I've recently joined the Boris Lace Makers. Ah, and they're, yeah. they're doing huge, huge work for, for that um, lace. And that's a tape lace. It's the only Irish tape lace available okay. in Ireland. Um, and I suppose I just wanted to kind of, it's an introduction. It's not anything comprehensive. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just... It's just to show people the different techniques. And I have to say, Joe, I have, there are contributions from, from the lace-making community mm-hmm. countrywide. Do you know, it's not just myself, but it's, it's, I wanted to produce this and promote Irish lace. And then you have little uh, profiles of the various lace-makers. And, That's right, yes. and they're all fairly young. It's, 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 a, it's a beautiful, a beautiful tradition. The map of Ireland on page, well, one of the, one of the earlier pages, not numbered, one of the earlier yes. pages um, by Mary O'Neill. Is, is that Mary, is Mary the photographer or the lace maker? Mary is me. That's definitely. Oh, that's you. Oh, sorry. Oh, great, yeah. great, great. Yeah. So, 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 where, like the piece that you did, and you have different numbers on it. The numbers are the different lace making communities in the country. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, yeah, and where they're from. And now, but have you done? Have you done each piece in the style of? Well, it's 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 because it's, it's beautiful. A drawing. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's a drawing. It's just to show to represent wh- where the different. Yeah. Um, types of lace were made. Um, do you know, but having said that, Joe, say Limerick wasn't just, um, you know, it, that Limerick lace would have been made all over Ireland, depending yeah, course, on yeah. the it's demand a, at, at the time. Yeah. 
or yeah, or the fashion at the time, you know. Um, and look at I suppose, you know, Irish lace was highly valued, in demand, and desired worldwide. And proof of that is in James Joyce's. Um, it's mentioned in James Joyce's book Ulysses, and the quote is. And ivory raised point from the Carmelite convent in Euros, nothing like it in the whole wide world. Yeah, I mean, beautiful. you know, what more could you want? Yeah. So I'm going to tweet during the break that you're not just because uh, I'm really struck by that, that your own piece of lace in the in the this, the shape of the the Republic of Ireland. As is, uh, sorry, the, the island of Ireland. Yeah. And um, and then I'll put in the various different locations that you indicate, the styles, basically their styles. And then, Mary, yes. where can people get the book? The book is available um, from the publishers, which is Lettertech in Cork. They were they were yeah. extremely helpful. They um, always are. They come the up whole... every year. Lettertech comes up every year. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. And it's available in selected lace shops, Carrigan Cross Lace Gallery, the Ulster Canal Stores in Clonus, Mount Malik Museum, Kenmare Lace and Design Centre, and I have to mention, Joe, I'm a member of a craft group called Form Design Made in Carlow. Yeah. And we have a Christmas pop-up shop at the moment in Kilkenny at 29 High Street. And we're there until the 23rd of December. But as well as that, the book is also available from my website, thelacegallery.com, and there's free shipping in Ireland. OK, OK. And just to say to people, Mary, as I say, we're trying to do our best to get as many books mentioned as possible. If you've if you've not been mentioned and go on X or Twitter, as we still call it, and tell us about your book and put in the hashtag self publishing or put in the tag me at Joe Liveline or Richie, who's doing at Richie uh, at, uh, at RTE. Might as well be Richie's on all these brilliant at RTE Liveline and that we'll try and give as much coverage. And that's the other thing I'm asking people to uh, retweet the various books that have been mentioned today because these books deserve all the attention they can get. Go to me to Mahakut Amarim. That's Mary O'Neill. Joe at rt.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Self-published books, Conor O'Brien, Sailor Extraordinaire by Vincent uh, Morphy, the audacity of the navigator caused a flutter of excitement when it became known that the itinerary included Cape Horn, believe it or not. Uh, Conor O'Brien set out from Dunleary on the 20th of June 1923, all of what, uh, 100 years ago, in his yacht Circe, which he designed himself to sail around the world. He returned exactly, wait for this, two years later to a crowd of 10,000 people. He was the first to circumnavigate in a small... Why hasn't this book been written before? Brilliant. First ever to circumnavigate in a small personal craft west to east in Cape, Cape of Good Hope, Cape Lewin, which is in southwest Australia, and Cape Horn. He was awarded the Royal Cruising Club Challenge Cup in 23, 24 and 25, 100 years ago. It's by Vincent uh, Morphy again. Uh, it was a book obviously waiting to be to be written and Vincent is based uh, in Cork and uh, you can go on to the, again I'm giving you a, a, a website, Flag Lane, F-L-A-G-L-A-N-E, flaglane.ie and you will, uh, it's called Conor O'Brien, Sailor Extraordinaire and what a story and I've just given you a brief indication of the story there. Richard Burchell, Richard good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe, and a very happy Christmas yeah, to you. Yeah, and you've been on before. What did you do before? 
Joe, you may remember we spoke about three years ago in the uh, kind of in the middle of the pandemic. I brought out a little guide to Paris called the Flaneur's Guide yes, to Paris, yes, the I Left remember Bank. Well, yeah. And your famous words at the time were, uh, "Sure, we'll never see Paris again." If you remember, yeah, and, uh, we couldn't move. Fortune, exactly. I thought the original idea was it was like an armchair yeah. traveling guide. You know, people have always great memories of Paris when they go little cafes and restaurants. So it was essentially a group of stories and insights into, I suppose, special off the beaten path places. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously look over the last couple of years and that was the left bank, uh, which people might know as the artistic kind of the Latin quarter. Yeah. And then last year I did the same for uh, Paris, the right bank, and people might know the right bank from the Bastille all the way up to the Louvre, Champs-Élysées, Arc de Triomphe, down to the La Défense. Um, and that's a little bit more historic as well, but plenty of little restaurant tips and cafes mm-hmm. and places to go in there. And then obviously with the Rugby World Cup this year, I think people yeah. were, it's, I got the impression people were traveling back and forward almost every weekend to Paris. It was like their second home. Obviously it didn't go quite as long as we thought it might. Okay. But then, it was great to, great um, to see uh, Irish yeah. people. And, uh, you know, they all kind of fit in as well with the Irish jerseys as well. They got a great reception in Paris. But we have the Olympics next year. In Paris. Absolutely, absolutely. And that, the idea, Joe, then behind, this is the best of the left bank and the right bank put together. It's like a 250-page bumper edition with the two, essentially the best of the two. And again, look, everyone is going to be doing the trip over again. I think there's 10 different teams, just under 70 athletes uh, for the Olympics, and there's rugby sevens. We have a few tickets to those ourselves. Um, so and when look, you explain, the idea, Richard, while you're there, I'm sorry, explain to people what is a flaneur. Well, Joe, it's actually, you know, it comes from the original French is uh, flaner. So it's essentially to go out for a walk without any particular purpose or objective, yeah, you know, slightly counter, yeah. counter-cultural today. But it's, it's had a bit of a moment the last couple of years. There's even, I think there's a restaurant that's opened up in Rathmines called uh, Flaner. Mm. And there's been a few stories. New York Times did one about six months ago. But essentially, Joe, it's to go out and kind of explore and let yourself get lost a little bit, particularly in a big city. And also, I suppose, you know, it it encourages curiosity uh, that you go and you kind of, you know, I used to have a rule that I'd always walk down every day. I would force myself Mm -hmm. to walk down a new street, Um, you know, and again today, particularly somewhere like Paris, there's every, you could even, if you take the Boulevard Saint-Germain, you could walk up and down that every day of your life you'll always see something uh, slightly new the, the rich tapestry and a flaneur not just looks down but he, he or she looks up as well at the uh, the buildings and absolutely uh, it's absolutely it's funny you should mention that Joe Notre Dame I don't know if you people remember yeah. 2019 obviously oh, the fire sure. and that's Emmanuel Macron he boldly stated they were going to rebuild it in five years and uh, I was there at the weekend and the steeple is pretty much uh, there they're still scaffolding around it but they put the uh, Le Coq Doré the little emblem at the top of the steeple that it was like people can go on YouTube and take a look. That was, uh, there was a ceremony there just this weekend. So it looks like they're going to hit the target. So obviously the, the plan is to have Notre Dame back open again for the Olympics. Um, and that's, so, you know, it's been so a where phenomenal can, where can people get you? And it's again, it's a lovely production. You can put it in your pocket, but it's full, it's full of information. It's not full of uh, coloured photographs, which waste pages and travel books. This is a, this is a down to where Flaner's guide to rambling around Paris, as well as cafes and places to stop. How can people get it, Richard? Joe, it's mainly, uh, people can get it probably the easiest. There's a few places like Sweeney's uh, Pharmacy in town, sell it at PJ Murphy in there, but probably the easiest way is on the website. It's a Flaneur's Guide 
dot uh, com and so people can get they can get the original left bank or right bank. I think it's thirteen ninety five or the bumper edition for, bumper. for 20 and uh, there's also a guide a guide to Dublin for people who I don't know want a slightly yeah. different yeah, take great. on walking around Dublin uh, there's one on there as well for well 1195 well done well done and that's Richard Burchell um, Forgotten Hero The Life and Death of Andy O'Sullivan again these are really important history books Cavan native Andy O'Sullivan died on hunger strike on November 23 100 years ago 1923 uh, his death is largely forgotten. He was an intelligence officer in Mallow during the War of Independence, a stalled Republican during the uh, Civil War, and he made uh, the un- uh, the ultimate sacrifice for his beliefs. And this is his story. And again, it's uh, written by uh, Mick- Mikkel Ryan, and Mikkel is based in Westport, uh, Connecticut. But if you just Google, just Google, uh, Forgotten Hero, The Life and Death of Andy O'Sullivan, you will uh, get more information information on that book which is again another another addition to the really important uh, historical uh, archive Kieran Jordan Kieran good afternoon good afternoon Joe thank you very much for what's having your, me what's on. your book called it's uh, from our concert band Centenary Celebration oh, okay. again an un- uh, unusual well done the Centenary Celebration the Fermoy concert band from Fermoy yeah. obviously and why why did you put the book together I'm interested in local history in general and uh, the uh, band committee asked me would I put, uh, put the book together because they have records going back to the 20s and 30s and 40s minutes of the meetings uh, for, for that time okay. and uh, being interested in having done kind of books before I said great yes I'll, 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 I'll be interested in doing that and uh, got the minute books and got some help from other committee members mm-hmm. to go through the minute books and and record all the things that were in it. Uh, but we only had time, space in the book for yeah. the important issues. And and uh, we also wanted to try and get emotion across mm-hmm. in the book because a lot of the people that I talked to that were members of the band spoke with such pride and pleasure about their time in the band yeah. that the book had to kind of then gravitate a bit towards the emotion of it as well as the actual facts. A lot of history books tend to be very factually based mm-hmm. and we did this and we did that and we did the other and, and that. But we tried to get across the kind of, um, I enjoyed my time in the band because of this or uh, because of that. And, and there were those things that were kind of um, a bit more than fact. Yeah, and there's and, lovely, uh, there's lovely, try, little, try to get those. lovely vignettes from your younger members. Music is like a pair of shoes that can fit anyone. Music is great because you can make friends. Music isn't a sport, isn't a dance, it's the best. Music is like yeah. art that you can control. Music is like an invisible rainbow. Music isn't singing or dancing, but it's better. It's music. Music is beautiful because you can play it anywhere and anytime. Where can people get the uh, Fairmoy Concert Band 1923 to 2023, a centenary celebration edited by yourself, Kieran? Where can people get it? Nationally and internationally, you can get it from, uh, you mentioned by the book uh, earlier on, by the book.ie. It can be got from there. Just do a search for Fairmoy Concert Band. It can be got locally in the shops uh, around around Bromoy, 
uh, at the knockdown Christmas sale price of ten euro, or you can get it from myself, well uh, Kieran Jordan, ie at gmail dot com. Okay. That's, okay. Uh, well done. K i e r a n j o r d a n ie at gmail dot com. Okay, and all these details are going up on Twitter at Joe Liveliner at RTE. Uh, live line and we're ask peop- asking people to repost not just your favourite book but try and repost all the self-published books because they need as much publicity as they can get as much information uh, by the way Make Make a Wish Foundation have compiled a book called Stories from the Heart of Ireland 61 Stories of Inspiration and Hope and it's compiled by Brandon Power and it's an aid of uh, Make a Wish Foundation and it's Red Stripe Press are the publishers again beautiful production and it's um, stories from a mother, among others, I wrote one myself. Um, uh, Arlette Frawley, uh, Kathy, great Kathy Kelly, the wonderful Tommy Fleming. That's produced by Make a Wish Foundation. We'll be back after this. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Sinead, Sinead Wild and Ash. Sinead, good afternoon. Not there from yet a minute. Okay, I'll keep going. I, I, you won't stop me now. John Joe McGinley has uh, written a, a book, Famine, Murder and Eviction, The History of a Rural Parish. What's not to like, for God's sake? Gidor is the rural parish uh, in the wild Atlantic Way, as you know, under the, the shadow of the Derry Vey Mountains above in Donegal. And uh, fam- famine, murder and eviction charts the most important historical events and folklore that have shaped not only Gidor but uh, ramifications across the world. And uh, again, it's by Glassa Publishing, GL, A-S-S-A-G-H, okay, Glasser Publishing, and um, it's a history of the rural parish, but it has everything in it. It has famine, murder, eviction, and uh, rivalries, and different stories, as well as uh, uh, implications of the characters who, um, the Battle of Tory Island there is in 1978, obviously, and uh, the Donegal Donegal Railway, the Guidor story. So it's a great, great one. Famine, murder, and eviction. The history of a rural parish by that great Galway name and writer, John Joe uh, McGinley. Bill Power. Bill, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Thanks the book for having is me called on. okay. The book is called Doomed Inheritance. Mitchelstown, what a production! Mitchelstown Castle looted and burned August nineteen twenty-two. Why? Why? Why did well, you write the book? Why did you write the book? Well, I wrote it simply because it's a story that's little known across the country. Um, it's not understood in Mitchelstown, and it needed to be told because okay. this is the biggest house ever looted and burned in Ireland wow. in any war. It was, uh, the floor space of the building was, was an acre in area, just to give you an idea of the scale of it. And it's, is it completely gone? It's completely gone. There's a tiny, tiny stump where the castle wow. stood. Um, the site is now built over by the built processing plants owned by Dairy Gold Co-op. And tell us, so, when was the house born? It was born on the 12th of August 1922, which was a, a very critical period yeah. of the civil war in North Cork and it's it was there's a wide level of destruction in North Cork at that time but Mitchellstown Castle was the only house destroyed in that period and and what, and, um, and what was I know you, you, you spoke to Charlie Hockey about it at one stage why, yeah. why what was the purpose in burning it to the ground 
Well, you, you can argue that there were political motives to prevent it from being used as uh, a military mm. location for the, the Free State Army. But one of the real reasons behind it was that the, the building had been looted for about two weeks before it was burned. Okay. And it was an effort to try and conceal the looting that took place. I mean, I, okay. I grew up in Mitchellstown knowing where items are and I still know where they are. Um, from the, and, from the know, house? From, from the house, yeah. Okay. There, there's all sorts of silver and furniture and various things like that. And who were know? the last occupants, Bill? Well, the very last order was a man called William Downs Weber, who ironically was the biggest shareholder in Mitchellstown Co-op. And he was the... So, and those who burned the co-op would have been involved... Or, sorry, who burned the castle, Mm -hmm. were involved in the co-op and would have known of his shareholding. Um, But they also knew at the time that if you burned down the big house, the domain that surrounded it would be divided up into farmland from which various people might benefit. So it's a kind of a complex thing in a way, yeah. but it, it's a story that, I mean, you can imagine if Mitchellstown still had a castle like that standing here. Yeah. Um, we'd have had the benefit of, of a, wow. a powerful co-op and a powerful tourism industry, you know. Yeah. And you've been a writer and a story, you know, for over four decades and you had an a, a yeah. illustrious uh, career as a journalist as well. Um, yes, for this while, beautiful. Yeah. The gold, the gold, the cover. Who who printed the cover, for example, with this gold inlay? Um, it, it, well, it was printed through a relative of mine, uh, Thomas Power, who's in the print business. Okay. And printed in Ireland. Well and done. The, the book is designed from cover to cover by myself. It's all done wow. on my computer. And there's no intermediaries other than the ink going on the paper, you know. Okay, and so. where where can people get it? Because I, 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 and you know, people like Owen Harris and other historians have been going on for years about the destruction, especially in Cork, uh, mm. not just the, the human destruction, but the physical destruction as well of lootings right. and burnings, and how awful they were. But uh, this book is the is I think is is the. It's the only um, consolation that you produce such a beautiful book in memory of, of, of what was a beautiful building. Now, I understand the politics at the time, but imagine mm, if that yeah. building, like Lismore Castle, was still standing. Where can people get Doomed Inheritance? What a title. Doomed Inheritance. Mitchellstown Castle, looted and burned, August 1922, 101 years ago. Where can they get the book, Bill? Uh, it is available in local shops, but I also have a website, uh, ie. Okay. That's a simple one. Or if they email uh, the fancier one of mitchellstowncastle at gmail.com, oh, they can order yeah. it that's an, well. that's, that's an easy one to remember. An easy that's one an easy to one. remember. Um, well done. Well done, Bill. Congratulations again. It's a really important piece of history gather and a beautiful book, a beautiful book. Uh, Wild about La, la Blonderie. Uh, Sinead Wild, alas. Sinead, good afternoon. Are you back from me there? I am, Joe. Can you hear me? Tell us about the book. Well, the book basically is my way of preserving the memories of my life in France and Normandy over the last 30 years. Okay. Um, I left Ireland as a home economics teacher and came here and taught English. And then I decided I had to get back into the kitchen and create a job for myself. So we renovated an old house. So it's like the Great House Revival meets recipes, basically. And, and it talks about our life in France and renovating the property and living here and everything else. So it's beautiful recipes, beautifully produced again. And, well, that's um, thanks to my daughter, Ellen. Ellen did all the photography well and everything done, else. She well done, Ellen. She did everything, yeah. And, and where, where, where is La Blonderie? La Blonderie is in a little place called Benoitville, which is about 
20 kilometers from the ferry port of Cherbourg ah. in the Cotentin Peninsula. So everybody gets the ferry over and they keep on driving past, basically. What a beautiful house. Is that hard Thank to... Thank you. It's a photograph. It's a hard to heat, as the fella said. Oh, well. It's hard to heat. I suppose, yes. It's not the easiest. It's not hard to heat. It's very yeah. cozy. What a, and, and how can people get their hands on the book? Well, you can buy the book on, again, buythebook.ie. Otherwise, you can get it in the Foxford shop in Mayo. You can get it in yeah. Mulvey's and the Reading Room in Carrigan Shannon. The Unawan shop in Boyle. The Garden Centre in Ardcarn. And you can get Red Books in Wexford, Lieber in Sligo. Or you can contact well me directly at wild, as in Oscar, W-I-L-D-E. Yeah kitchen at gmail.com and I'll post you one from France. And are you on your relation to wild Oscar? Well, I like distance. to tell my husband we are because yeah, he's, tell he him has distant, no distant, distant, distant. <laughs> yeah, maybe, and maybe. tell him you've you've often been in the, his wild bird place in Western Row uh, in Dublin. True. It's called Wide About, yeah. what, a, what a beautiful production. Wild About Thank La Brandery. Well done Sinead. And you're, 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 Thank you very much. you're staying in Normandy. Well, we're here for the moment. We're here for the Christmas yeah. anyway ah. and um, yeah, we'll say it by year after that. And you never big, say, the, never say die. And the big day on Christmas is in France. I don't know what that part normally is, but it's normally Christmas Eve, isn't it? Christmas Eve night. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's Christmas Eve, but um, we do we do both. We do Christmas Eve and we do Christmas Day. Right. So we have a huge right. marathon of food coming up over the weekend. Okay, and we have a marathon on Sunday morning in Grafton Street, Christmas Eve between 9 and 11. And I'm also back on on, on St. Stephen's Day morning between 9 and 11 doing uh, Legacies. Uh, look back at the public figures who passed away in the last 12 months and that's repeated again and uh, repeated on uh, New Year's Day New Year's Day uh, Ireland Black and White by Parig O'Flandra uh, introduction by the historian um, uh, Kevin Whelan and um, uh, Parig is based in Pocan in Nina and again it's a beautiful back, back and black and white photographs of that particular area, and um, also events like he's not just doing his where he lived, but he's doing events like when the Pope was in Ireland, Pope Francis. I'm talking about, and there he is at the Pro Cathedral, and there he is in Ars Nucleon, and there he is uh, above in. Um, above obviously in the Phoenix Park in the paper Nuncio and there's a photograph of uh, the award winning writer Donald Ryan brilliant brilliant writer at uh, a theatre in uh, Dublin and um, it's a lovely a lovely connection collection and again it's called um, Ireland uh, Black and White Dove August Bond and Parago Flanvara F-L-A-N-N-A-B-H-R-A is the photographer from uh, Pocan and the book is in support of uh, the Irish uh, Red Cross and the po- photo art studio is in uh, Nina and that's the way to uh, contact them. Um, that's all we have time for today. Sorry, I'm over time. Tomorrow we'll go at it again and we'll do our best and if you tweet and put in self-publishing for your book that didn't get on, we will we will retweet and give as much uh, as much publicity as uh, possible. Nadine, Nadine Maloney produced and uh, Ray Darcy is next with the uh, concert uh, concert, uh, the Christmas concert from um, from Studio One with our wonderful, wonderful orchestra and myself and Richie Byrne who put a lot of work into this with Nadine, Nadine Maloney, our producer. We're back now diving into uh, more self-published books and we'll have them for you uh, tomorrow, PG. Joe at rte.ie. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie